I preach to you the Word of God as we summarize it and confess it in Lord's Day 4 of the Heidelberg Catechism. If you'd like to read along, you can find that on page 520 in the book of praise. The confession of the church about sin and about misery and the justice of God. Here we confess... But does not God demand an injustice by requiring in his law what man cannot do? No, for God so created man that he was able to do it. But man at the instigation of the devil in deliberate disobedience robbed himself and all his descendants of these gifts. Will God allow such disobedience and apostasy to go unpunished? Certainly not. He is terribly angry with our original sin as well as our actual sins. Therefore, he will punish them by a just judgment both now and eternally as he has declared, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Galatians 3 verse 10. But is God not also merciful God is indeed merciful, but he is also just. His justice requires that sin committed against the most high majesty of God also be punished with the most severe, that is, with everlasting punishment of body and soul. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, imagine you are scrolling through your Facebook account or, or paging through your local newspaper and you come across a warning that told you that a deadly virus has been discovered in your city. The virus manifests itself as red spots on the skin of everyone who has sinned against God. Everyone is urged to take a close look at their skin to see if they have been infected by this virus that will slowly lead to painful suffering and death. And the warning comes with good news that an antidote has also been discovered. And so everyone is encouraged to go and show their spots to one very special doctor at a certain address in the city who will apply a special cream free of charge that will restore that person to health again. Well, what kinds of reactions would you see? As some people wouldn't even look, And they would die from their disease because they were so convinced that they didn't sin against God and they don't have any spots. Others would die because they simply don't want any help and they're quite proud of their spots anyways. Maybe they buy a matching shirt or something. Others would die because they're so embarrassed that they have spots. They don't want to show them to anybody. It's a sign of weakness. 
Not everybody would look at themselves, would see their spots, would confess that they had sinned, kind of make that public, and then go to the doctor to receive healing again. In Lord's Day, Lord's Days 2 to 4, we confess that everyone has been infected by the sin virus and that there is no way we can escape the eternal consequences of our sins in our own strength. That's what we confess, that's what we say, that we believe to be true. All attempts to blame God like we see in question number nine or hope that God will just forget like we see in question 10 or attempts to plead on the mercy of God like we see in question 11. They only show us that God is perfectly holy, perfectly just and perfectly merciful and there is no escape from the punishment we deserve. We confess that by nature, everyone in the world has the spots, whether you like it or not, whether you want to tell others or not. And the question is, how are you reacting? Do you love your sins so much that you boast about them? Or are you a proud denier, an embarrassed slave of the opinions of others? Are you convinced that you can resolve the problem by yourself? Do you trust the doctor? In Matthew 9, the passage we read, when, when he was asked why he ate with tax collectors and sinners, Jesus compared himself to a physician. A physician is just another word for doctor. A doctor who came to help those who humbly acknowledged that they were sinners who had the courage, the belief to confess what we confess in Lord's Day 4. And it's in light of this promise that we see the importance of saying the words of Lord's Day 4, of making that confession which confirms that we are lost sinners, a confession that drives us to our Savior and then prepares us to meet Him and to love Him, to embrace Him, as the physician of our souls. Jesus Christ said that he came to call not the righteous, but sinners. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme. Christ is the doctor who heals those who see their need and believe in him. And we'll see the spots that won't go away, the sick who go to the doctor, and then the solutions that won't help. So Matthew 9 is where we're taking the starting point from this afternoon. You read about the Lord Jesus calling Levi, Matthew, a tax collector. That means he was calling an employee of the occupying Roman government an employee who was given authority and even military backup to collect the required taxes from all the citizens of the occupied country. It's not hard, wasn't, wasn't hard for such a person to get very rich by charging more than he had to, to pay out the Romans and then keep all the extra for himself. 
The Jews that the Romans hired to do this were well known publicly as, as swindlers, as thieves, as cheats and traitors to their countrymen. You can see why the Pharisees were a little disturbed. Jesus chose to eat with them. And we read also about sinners. The sinners mentioned in Matthew 9 were social outcasts like prostitutes or, or criminals who did not try to keep the Jewish laws and the moral failures were known publicly to everyone. And so it was not hard for the majority of Jews to put themselves in a completely different category. There's tax collectors and sinners, and then there's, there's us. And they were, because they were vigilant in keeping the law of the Lord. They made sacrifices for the kingdom. They prayed regularly for the coming of the Messiah. You can really see the difference. Many of them, like the Pharisees and Sadducees, were leaders in public piety, the go-to men to find out how they should live before the Lord, scholars of the law, teachers of righteousness, and so they did not associate with tax collectors and sinners, with wicked men. And in itself, we know this separation is not wrong, for God told his people to come out of the world and to be holy and separate. He told the church, we'll sing it in Psalm 1, not to, to walk in the counsel of sinners or stand in the way of, sin, uh, of uh, sinners or, or sit in the seat of scoffers, Psalm 1. Many proverbs warn you about not casting in your lot with the wicked. And the problem was not that the Pharisees were living a different lifestyle than the tax collectors and sinners. But the problem was about how they treated them, how they looked at them, and how they looked at themselves compared to them. And so the Jews in our text, they thought they were being good colleagues to the new teacher, Jesus, coming beside him as a friend by, by warning him about the danger to his reputation if they hung out with the wrong people. It's not good for your your career as a teacher, if you, if you hang out with tax collectors and sinners, well, why, why are you doing that, Jesus? And they thought that he would agree with them in their teaching that sinners are actually contaminated, that they're to be spurned. And then we see Jesus' answer. It turns everything on its head for them. Changes every, it gives a completely different perspective for he shows them that when they did not show mercy to public sinners, well, they were acting just like the public sinners. They were, they were no better. Although they may have tried to make a separation between Jesus and the public sinners, in truth, Jesus' relationship to the public sinners needed to be the same as his relationship to the Jews. He came as a doctor to all sinners, whether they saw their spots or not. And so Jesus calls them. He shows himself as the doctor, the physician. 
And he warns them. Because when he calls them healthy and righteous, he is really highlighting that they were self-deceived. They were so busy pointing at the sins of others that they didn't realize how much they themselves needed a physician. It's easier to see the blemishes and the spots in others than on ourselves. And so Jesus tells them, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. He points at their lack of love for the well-being of these public sinners. He warns the Pharisees with these words that they were also in great danger of, of missing out on salvation because of their complacency and their pride. Paul expands this warning to the complacent and the self-deceived, referring to them in that passage we read in 1 Thessalonians 5 as people who go around saying, there is peace and security. Everything is fine for me. But then they face sudden destruction. And then we see it is so important to understand that your spots will certainly lead to death. And that anyone who doesn't make the confession of Lord's Day 4 is in serious danger. Because people don't go to a doctor if they don't see the spots. People don't go to the doctor if they don't think their spots are visible to others. They're not worried about their spots if they don't think they will cause them to die. And often that is how we, we, we live too. We, we see sin as a few moral failures that won't concern anyone. God will certainly look over them. If we live thinking that our sins are just outward things, superficial weaknesses, we're often also convinced that we can just stop them in our own strength and then God will be happy again. We don't need a doctor that badly, do we? We think. It's difficult for a person to comprehend how sinful they really are. Until we hear Jesus' focus, he asks not about the sacrifices, the external, but about the mercy, the heart. And Lord's Day 4 reminds us, as we say the words, that our problem is a lot more serious than just a few spots on the skin. But the spots, those sins, they reveal sickness in the heart that offends the most high majesty of God. He is terribly displeased with our original sins, with, with the situation of our heart. He could see the corruption of original sin. He's offended by the actual sins that we commit. He is terribly angry with the rebellion against him. And he is holy, so he will punish it with a just judgment, both now and eternally. We're in a very fallen human man is in a very serious situation. 
There is no righteous. There is no healthy. Everyone has the spots and they won't go away. Though the Pharisees thought they were righteous because they found someone who was more sinful than they were, Jesus revealed that they are not righteous. They needed a Savior. And that's what we confess. We're not righteous. And there's no way to escape that judgment. And then we realize, brothers and sisters, what a blessing it is to be, to be brought up, to, to have as children too, to, to learn the words of Lord's Day 4, Lord's Day 3, Lord's Day 2. It's so important for us as, as believers to understand how serious the situation is. Because ignorance about our absolute need can, can lead to, to mistaken self-confidence, blindness, arrogance, judgment of others that can even lead us to miss out on the grace of God, to reject the doctor of our souls that the Father has sent. Because the gospel is that when we finally make the confession that we make in Lord's Day 4, and we say these spots won't go away on our own strength, and we go to the doctor, to the physician. It is a most wonderful liberating experience. What a blessing it is to come to him and, and to show him our spots. You see, the sick who go to the doctor, when you know that you are sick, it is great to know that a doctor has come with the express purpose of healing your particular illness. If you have ever been sick or, or struggled with an illness and the doctors don't know and there's, there's no solution. It, it's, a, it's a horrible thing. But to know that there is a specialist exactly on that illness that you have, it's, it's a, a most wonderful thing. And the gospel is, as we read also in 1 Thessalonians 5, is that he took on human flesh and the Son of God emptied himself to die on the cross so that he could save sinners and he knew those who he came to save. He came to save you and he, he, he knows your name. And then when Jesus compares himself to a doctor who receives those who come to him showing their sickness and their spots, then we are reminded how important it is to be honest with ourselves and before God and, and to come to him. He reminds us that the grace of Christ is of no advantage to us unless conscious of our sins and groaning under their load, we approach him with humility. When you confess your sins to the Lord, it is like showing the doctor your spots. And you can know that he came exactly to take those spots away. You can be certain that every sin you confess will be wiped away. Yeah, we may have to say some hard words in Lord's Day 4 about who we are, 
We may have to recognize that we are sick with a fatal disease, but we say these words in light of the gospel of the physician. We confess Lord's Day 4 in light of the gospel of our deliverance. The sick have not been deceived about who they are nor about who God is. The sick don't believe that they are healthy people who don't need the great physician or righteous in themselves and that they don't need a Lord and Savior. The church is filled with sinners whose eyes have been opened and who know that that original sin in their hearts makes them as guilty before God as the most wicked and despised tax collector. And they know that the desires of their sinful nature are just as wicked as the desires of the sinner who acts on them in adultery and rebellion. Our confession of Lord's Day 4 reminds us that we are in the same situation. And what does that do to your heart? Doesn't that make you humble? Doesn't that make you eager to focus on mercy rather than just what you're doing, the sacrifices that you're making? Rather than spurn, reject public sinners as contaminated, knowing the doctor and recognizing our common need, doesn't that lead us to invite those down and outers, those who are facing so many hardships in their lives, those caught in this public life of sin, doesn't that make you want to invite them to see the doctor of the souls? To urge them to come and, and to walk beside them on their way there? The gospel of the great physician is a, a great motivation for mission for, for each one of us to tell others there's hope. We have a common need, but there is a physician who is able to heal us. There is a physician, the Lord Jesus Christ, who made it his mission to call the sinners, to call the very person who says, I am a sinner. What a beautiful message we have to share with our fellow sinners who are dying from their corruption, the rot of sin. The reason that the Son of God came was to grant rest to the souls of those who, are, who labor and are heavy laden. To proclaim good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The reason he came is to help those who recognize and confess what we do in Lord's Day 4. And so that word physician, doctor, it's a, it's a word that describes Jesus' office. It characterizes his heart, his, his work. 
describes his relationship to all who come to him. And so the Pharisees who wanted that relationship to be buddy-buddy or student, teacher, they find that Jesus is really the physician, the one we need, the one who heals. Although we are dead in our sins, guilty and condemned by the just judgments of the Most High God, polluted and unclean, deserving of the most severe everlasting punishment of body and soul, covered in shame and debased by disgusting vices, Jesus still came for us. He knew what we were like when he came for us. He told us, I've come to call the sinners. And so brothers and sisters, visitors who may be here with us, hearing the preaching of the gospel the first time, the gospel is a gospel message of hope and healing. And when you are uncertain, or when you are embarrassed by your sinful heart, because you still believe that you should be able to be better than the tax collectors and sinners around you, you can remember that your sins, even the ones that disappoint you yourself, those sins don't surprise your Savior. When you think you've done just too much or are too bad, you can know that you have no reason to fear that Christ Jesus will reject sinners. We have his words before us. Does any doctor ever shut the door on a person because of that person's sickness? And if a doctor came from another place with the express purpose of, of healing the, the fatal spots that you have picked up, would he then be unwilling or incapable of helping those who, who have the exact disease that he came to heal? We don't need to doubt that our Lord Jesus is able to help us. We don't need to fear to make the confession of Lord's Day 4. He is willing and he is able. The confession then serves to warn us, just like that Facebook post or, or newspaper announcement that we were imagining at the beginning, the message. And the question is, do you see that sinners have a problem that is so serious that it can have eternal consequences? Do you think you need the great doctor, do you show that in the way that you live your life? Do you trust him? Do you run to him? He has the solution, but the solution is not always what we expect. We see that finally the solutions that won't help. Lord's Day 4 shows us some attempts at a solution 
that won't work. You don't have to expect that this will happen when you run to Jesus Christ. When you go to the doctor, he will not tell you that his solution is to simply change the definition of normal so that you don't feel so out of place to have spots. That's what question and answer nine confesses. The doctor, the Lord, will not just attempt to solve the problem of these spots, of these sins, by, by declaring that from now on, fatal spots that bring suffering and misery, misery will be considered normal. A truly just and holy God will never change the standard of judgment because everyone refused to abide by it. The question of nine is, is like someone coming to the doctor and saying, Doctor, I can't do anything about these spots and I think you are totally unfair to consider them an illness. Can you please change the judgmental medical books to make them say that I don't have to have clean skin and a good heart to be healthy anymore? Is God unjust to require in his law that you live in the way that he made you to live? Is God unjust if you rebel against him and then suffer the consequences? Well, we see, brothers and sisters, it's very clear that it's a useless solution to call God unjust for not changing the truth. Not only because God is perfectly just in all his ways, but also because anything less than the law and the truth is harmful and causes great suffering. So question nine shows us the first solution that the doctor will not present to you. When you go to the doctor, he will also not tell you, don't worry, you can take your spots into heaven with you. Question 10. He will not let you guard your rebellion in heavenly joy. Nor will he let you wonder if God will ever be unjust while he rules in the new heavens and the new earth. If he's unjust now, maybe in heaven he might be, or if he lets me come in here now with these spots, what will prevent him from, from allowing sin later? The doctor will not tell you that God will change his holy character and the standards of his eternal kingdom so that now sickness will be welcome. He will not let you pollute his work and destroy eternity by allowing such disobedience and apostasy to go unpunished. God is holy, and that is a good thing, because that means that eternity with him will truly be free from all stain and spot. And so we see that the doctor's solution must include the removal of the spots. They have to be taken away. They have to be, be killed. They cause pain. They cause suffering. They don't belong in the kingdom of God. The solution will include killing the sins. 
It won't be easy to escape your situation. And so even as we're running to the doctor with our spots to show him, spots burning our skins and our hearts, we we wonder what kind of solution could he bring to solve our situation? How can he take these spots and, and this rotten heart and change that for me? We know he said that he came as a physician for the sick who came, that he came to call sinners. But how does he do it? It's not a lot of help just to talk about some solutions that don't work, except to show us that we depend completely on God's grace. So what do we confess about the solution to the problem? What does the doctor do? How does he do it? What is the solution that did help? If you want to read about it, you can look at Lord's Days 5 and following. And this beautiful, biblical revelation will be preached from the pulpit in the next few weeks as we look at those Lord's Days. And in the meantime, let's bask in the relief of knowing that God will not condemn us for the sins that we have committed when we confess them before him. And when we point them out like a a sick person pointing to his spots on his own body, hidden or not hidden. Let us rejoice and give thanks that Jesus came to save sinners like you and I, sinners who say the words of Lord's Day 4. Let us understand how blessed we are to know and to speak the confession of Lord's Day 4. Because then there is hope in the great physician, Jesus Christ. Amen.